Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What's up, guys? Ryan Sprague here, and I'm just dropping in to remind you about our Patreon campaign. Somewhere in the Skies is always free to consume, but it's not free to create. So if you want to help the show on a monthly basis, we have tons of rewards for you in return including shoutouts on the show and website, bonus content and episodes, and free merch. Want to be my guest or pick a topic for the show? You can do that too. So if you'd like to learn more and to help support the show, visit patreon.com slash skies. Thank you, and keep looking up. This is Somewhere in the Skies with Ryan Sprague. Sean and I live just outside of Nashville, Tennessee. This is my story about a UFO that I witnessed several years ago. I don't remember exactly how long ago it was, but it was probably around seven or eight years ago. The time of day was between four and five o'clock in the afternoon. The sky was clear with no clouds, so visibility was excellent. Sometime between four and five in the afternoon, I walked outside of my house to just go check my mail. And I stepped out onto my front porch, and as I shut the door behind me, something told me that I needed to look up. And when I did, I saw a long, white, cigar-shaped object that was flying low in the sky, pretty much directly in front of me. And it was flying in a north-to-south direction. I estimate that it was anywhere between 500 to 1,000 feet in the air, and it was approximately 100 feet in length, so this was a rather large object in my opinion. It had no wings, no tail, no visible means of propulsion, and I saw no windows. And it also didn't make a sound at all. I stood there for what seemed like, I don't know, several minutes just watching it slowly move from the north to the south in the sky. And I I was frozen in place. After all, I was just going out to check my mail. You know, I wasn't expecting to see something like a UFO. And like I said, it seemed like I was standing there watching it for what seemed like several minutes. Time just seemed to slow down. But in reality, it probably wasn't more than about 30 to 60 seconds before I came to my senses and realized that what I was seeing wasn't a conventional aircraft. I watched it for just a few more seconds, 
trying to determine exactly what this thing was that I was seeing. And, and I suddenly realized that, man, I needed to get a picture of whatever this thing is. And so I ran back inside to grab my cell phone. And when I was doing that, I called for my wife at the same time. And I said, you've got to come out here and see this. I think it's a UFO. So I ran back onto the porch with my wife behind me and the object was gone. It had vanished. So I ran into the front yard and I began just scanning the skies. First, looking in the direction that this thing had been heading in and then just scanning the skies, looking around in all 360 degrees. And this thing was gone. Nowhere to be found. Now, it was moving so slow when I ran back inside to grab my phone and there was no way it could have simply just disappeared in the five whole seconds it took me to get my phone. My phone was on the coffee table in the living room, so it literally took me just a few seconds to grab it. Whatever it was had to accelerate at an incredible rate of speed to disappear that fast. There was no noise, no sonic boom from something like, you know, breaking the sound barrier, nothing. It was completely gone, vanished. The whole event couldn't have lasted more than about five minutes. Now, my wife must have thought that I was crazy, even though she said she believed me. And I have to admit, I felt a little crazy myself. But I know that I saw something. I just don't know what exactly the something that I saw was. Now, here's a couple of things about me that you need to know. First off, I'm a former government employee, and because of my job, I held a top-secret clearance. I worked for the Army, and I was around a lot of aircraft. It was mostly rotary wing, but... I've spent some time around some fixed-wing aircraft as well. I didn't work on the aircraft, nor did I fly them. My job was something completely different, but I was around them just about every day that I was at work. Now, that's about all that I can say about what I did because of my the nature of my job. Um, I know what kind of of rotary rotary wing aircraft it is with without even seeing it I've been around them so much that I I know what kind of aircraft it is that what type it is just by the sound of it so I know how to tell the difference between a fixed wing and a rotary wing I know the sounds they make and I definitely know what they look like and what I saw didn't look like anything like either one of those two types of aircraft. Now, second, I live about 20 minutes away from the Nashville International Airport. My home is almost directly in line with an approach zone and a departure zone, so I've got a lot of airplanes that fly over my home. I mean, a lot. Every day, in fact. Now, they don't fly too low because I live in a, in a rather large subdivision, Uh, But I would estimate that the lowest that they fly would be around a thousand feet. Uh, However high or low it is, it's it's low enough that you can see 
the black dots where the windows are supposed to be and you can see the wings of the plane you can see the tail you can see the engines and you can definitely hear the engines as well i see all sizes of passenger planes pretty much every day so i know what they look like and i know what they sound like the point i'm trying to make is i've been around a lot of aircraft of all types for a lot of years and what i saw wasn't a conventional aircraft whatever it was was flying a little lower than what these passenger planes fly in their approach and departure zones and it was flying way too slow for one of those big planes to fly i i would think that if a passenger plane was flying at that slow of a rate of speed that it would literally just fall right out of the sky what i saw was definitely as big as a passenger plane and it was white in color but that's where the similarities begin and end it was shaped like a cigar and it was initially flying way too slow for a passenger plane to safely fly it had no windows that i could see it had no wings or tail and it made no sound at all now even though i didn't have eyes on it whenever it disappeared it did it it did it so fast that any human that would have been in that object in that UFO or whatever it was anybody that would have been in that thing would have been crushed by the g force generated by the acceleration so that's it that's my story it's not some amazing ufo story i didn't get abducted i don't have any missing time i don't suffer from any physical or psychological effects from it or anything like that i simply saw something that i can't explain i don't know what it was but i know what it wasn't it wasn't a conventional aircraft that i know for a fact thank you for taking the time to listen to my story i'd love to know what you or any of your listeners think about it Thank you. My name is Montserrat Panetta. Friends call me Monsi, and I've had what appears to be a lifelong relationship with unidentified flying objects. I was born in Chile in 1961. My father had received a prestigious Rockefeller scholarship, which allowed my family to move to the States while he attended university. Upon receiving his master's and Ph.D., a doctorate in veterinary medicine, we returned back home to the Los Rios region of Valdivia, where my family owned a ranch. On the evening of my first event, my extended family had gathered for a reunion celebrating our return. After dinner that evening, some of us gathered outside, and because there was no electricity, the remote landscape was pitch black. Suddenly, a light was noticed through the tree line near the river's edge, traveling and weaving while simultaneously our two dogs began barking quite loudly and taking off toward it. I heard an adult in the group wonder out loud who might be coming to visit. They assumed it was a car, but oddly that wouldn't make sense as there was only one road in and it was nowhere near the river. Unexpectedly, a bright light appeared overhead, our group mesmerized looking up. No one said a word, no sound, just the stillness of the night and a sense of something huge looming overhead. It slowly took off, its bright light shining across hundreds of acres. 
I stood by the barn along with other children, watching in awe as this event unfolded. My siblings and parents would each later recall being in different parts of the homestead that night. Interestingly, no one could figure out who the other mysterious children were. We heard on the car radio as we headed home that some fishermen a few miles away had encountered an unexplained object the same night. Our family never discussed it until years later, after other events unfolded. Many strange synchronicities would occur over the years, especially after we came back to the States in the late 60s. Fast forward to the early morning of January 2007. After 20-plus successful years in corporate, I now had the privilege of being a stay-at-home mom. And that particular January morning, like clockwork, I walked my two children down the long driveway in the dark to await the school bus. As they chatted among themselves looking in the opposite direction, I was mesmerized by a sphere now weaving and floating towards us. It was softly glowing inside. It was about the size of a basketball, and it was traveling only a few feet above the road toward me and below the tree line. It was quiet, and oddly I was calm, except for the rush of adrenaline I now sensed flowing through my veins. It felt conscious, and yet I was not afraid. In fact, my feelings were one of recognition of it. Yet this had never happened before. It began to dematerialize as soon as the school bus strolled in. I watched it cloak, traveling over the bus toward the front pasture as my kids were boarding, and it floated over my neighbor Don's roof, and it disappeared. Back inside the house I went, and well rested from the previous night's sleep, I usually would have 20 or more chores to do, and yet, perhaps in shock, I felt suddenly the urge to go lie down for a nap. I awoke four hours later to a sound unlike anything I had ever heard. The glass windows throughout the house were rattling loudly to the vibration of what sounded like a military helicopter above my roof. I bolted up, disoriented, and ran downstairs to look, but now there was complete silence. Several hours later, kids back from school and were hanging out in the den when suddenly that helicopter sound began again. My windows are rattling, and by this point, I'm pissed off. I'm wondering why some idiot in a helicopter is flying so close to my roof. I felt like my windows were going to break, and so I run outside. But again, nothing was there, and the sound had stopped. I'm confused and really trying hard to process what is happening. Later that evening, out to dinner with my husband, I share these odd events as the kids are playing nearby. And on our return home, while everyone else is upstairs getting ready for bed, I'm in the kitchen prepping our lunches. And as I stand by the island facing a different pasture that is behind my pool fence, a light of some kind is now traveling slowly along the fence line. And it's just a few feet off the ground. It's very luminous, and I watch it in between the fence crack. I step outside quietly, and I go in to investigate. Again, the sound of a helicopter above, and yet it's pitch dark and nothing else. I don't understand what's going on. Up until that night, I had never been interested in, nor had I pursued anything related to the study of UFOs. I did reach out to MUFON on this one occasion after the event of 2007, and I was informed that three other cases within a few miles of my home had actually been reported on the same day. Now, while traveling in Peru a couple years later, in fact in 2009, 
I had sensed their presence. I began to shoot video, but it would be several years later when trying to transfer that video format to another device that I discovered that I had a UFO in my shot. The picture is proof of UFO being real, and it is pinned on my at Mystic Monsi Twitter account. I have always felt guided and protected, and even more so now, as I on any given day or night do sense their presence, and I do see their craft often. It is always benevolent for me. It has brought me deeper and a more profound connection to God, and I'm really feeling blessed any time I see them in our skies. Hello, everyone. Stephen Lloyd here. I've been invited to talk about my UFO experience back in the early 90s. I was uh, 19 or 20 at the time, and I was attending BAC College in Grand City, Illinois. Before all this happened, I I was a skeptic. I'd always been a skeptic. I never believed in such things, even though I'm a huge fan of the original three Star Wars movies and Close Encounters of the Third Kind. But I didn't believe. Like millions of other people out there who have a hard time believing uh, UFOs exist, other planets with life forms on them exist, But I am a firm believer sitting here today and tell you that they do exist. But in the early 90s, I was sitting at an intersection waiting for the light to change. And I saw something moving out of the corner of my eye. And I thought it was a blimp or or a balloon of some sort, a hot air balloon. And as it got closer, I realized it was moving way too quick to be either one of those and then it came into view so clear at one point that I realized that uh, I'd never seen anything like it before in my life it was a silver ball about the size uh, probably about the size of a uh, tractor trailer maybe it passed over the intersection and made no noise whatsoever when it crossed People started honking their horns, letting other people know what was going on, but I already knew what was going on, and it was exciting. My heart was beating so fast that I could hardly accept what was going on because I'd been a skeptic the whole time, my whole life up until that point. And as it silently made its way over the intersection, heading toward Granite City, Illinois, about four miles down the road, I'd say probably about maybe a minute or minute and a half after it crossed over there were uh, three maybe four fighter jets following it of course we didn't we didn't we didn't see these jets until they were up right up on us and man they were loud passing over and I'm in this silver ball and these jets chasing it they were probably about 30 feet above the lights they were, they were flying pretty damn low. And uh, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. You know, I had a guy roll down his window next to me, and he, he's like, did you see that shit? And we were both laughing and, and just carrying on like it was the best thing in the world, you know. And I don't know if the guy across from me believed in them before, before this, but I know I didn't. And... Uh, the light changed back to red. Of course, most of us missed 
you know, a chance to go, but we just could not believe what we had seen. When I got over to the college, I got in class. I started telling all, all you know, all my classmates, man, you're not going to believe what I just saw. And, uh, and of course, they didn't believe me. I wouldn't have believed me either. You know, I thought it was kind of funny that uh, at one time I would have been them, you know, not believing someone. But uh, we're not alone in this galaxy. We're not. We're definitely not alone. You know, the world, the the the, the galaxy. We cannot be the only ones. You know, having a life. There's got to be other worlds out there that we have not even come close to to uh, seeing. You know, there's just no way. Um, of course, I told my parents when I got home, and uh, at the time I was still living in, living there with them, and they didn't believe me either. My little brother thought he got a kick out of it. He was a little younger than me. Um, I just knew there was going to be something on the news about it. There had to be. It was, you know, there had to be something aired about the sighting. But after a week, nothing. There was no reports about it or nothing else. And I was too young to uh, to think about calling Scott Air Force Base, which is based out past uh, probably about 40, 40 miles out past Fairview Heights, Illinois. I didn't call them, you know, I guess, you know, thinking about it now, they probably would have lied and said that I I was crazy. There was nothing out there. Of course, there had to have been something out there to have their jets out there, the Air Force chasing it. It was just a, a memorable experience that I will never forget. It changed my whole outlook on everything. It's one of those things that you, that you dwell on. You don't talk too much about it, you know, but uh, because people think you're crazy. Of course, people think you're crazy have never seen anything, not yet, but uh, in their life. But it was memorable. It was exciting. It was an adrenaline rush. And I'm glad I was I was there to uh, to see it all go down. I just thought it was just absolutely amazing and it'll change your life it'll change your whole outlook on, on on what you think you know and i've always said this too human beings have been on this planet for millions of years and you can't tell me that in the last 120 years we've come up we've come up with what we've come up with today it's like uh why didn't they come out with this stuff millions of years ago? Planes, automobiles, things like that. Something's behind it. There was some intelligence that got to somebody and, and started teaching them, you know. And um, it's just weird that uh, we've come as far as we have and what we have today. Computers, cars, airplanes, computers where, you know, about the size size of your thumbnail, even smaller where did all the technology come from? That's that's something to think about. Did it come from outer space? Could be. But that is my story about my first UFO encounter. And maybe one of these days I'll have another one. Who knows? You 
UFOs seem to be invading both our skies and our news outlets like never before. And more people are starting to look up and are wondering who or what might be out there. In 2016, Ryan Sprague introduced the world to countless UFO encounters that had never been made public before. And now, in the second edition of his book, he revisits these events and introduces brand new UFO cases in Somewhere in the Skies, a human approach to the UFO phenomenon. How have these events changed the lives of those involved? And what might it tell us about the phenomenon? With in-depth follow-ups, brand new chapters, and detailed testimony from credible witnesses and insight from those in the psychological, academic, and scientific fields, Somewhere in the Skies, a human approach to the UFO phenomenon, weaves together a story of stories, attempting to get to the heart of these mysteries one experience at a time. Available now on Amazon in both paperback and ebook. To learn more, visit somewhereintheskies.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. It's July 18th, 2020, about 11 o'clock at night, my wife and I came out to take some pictures of Comet Neowise before it was gone. We're sitting in the backyard, facing north towards the Comet. We have a few acres here, there's a 20 acre farm field behind our house um, that's surrounded by a ridge line of trees. And we're sitting in chairs, we had just got done taking pictures. And I see off to my left, which is the west, a bright light. I thought it was like a little blue, uh, blue beam, but I credit that to being the reflection off my glasses, just the way it was. I don't know if there was an actual beam or not. But anyways, I look off to my left, and I'm like, why is that bright light? I see this light that's shining through the trees as it's moving, kind of you know, the way sunlight does with uh, leaves and stuff. But, uh... So I get up out of my chair and I'm, I walk north a little ways and I'm watching this light as it's just coming. I don't know how else to say it, but it's coming flying towards us. Well, 
it's south of us actually, but it's still, it's coming along the tree line the, in the sky. And I think maybe five, 10 seconds went by and I'm like, oh crap, grab the camera, film this. So I went and got my camera and I'm starting to film it. And it's just going over, not making a sound. It's not doing anything remarkable, it's just going. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's uh, different. So I filmed it. It went out of sight because we were lost in the trees off to the east of us. And put the camera down. I pull out my uh, phone because I'm like, I'm going to check flight radar. It's an app you can get. It shows you all the location of any uh, aircraft in the sky around you. It gives you their altitude, speed, heading, whatnot. And I'm curious, what kind, what kind of aircraft was that? And uh, there's no aircraft in our area according to that app nothing and I know in the video the light looks purplish but it was a low light camera uh, uh, psionics aurora is the type of camera it's like a digital night vision type it's uh, a poor man's night vision because I only paid like 300 bucks for it maybe a little more and uh, but to the naked eye it looked like a pure beautiful white light just intense white light with maybe a tinge of blue to it. Well, okay, um, a good analogy is a welder's arc. Um, it looked like when you look over at somebody that's welding, it was it looked like that. Just bright white with a little bit of blue. So I go inside the house after that, I'm like, ask my wife, did you see it? She's like, no, she never got up to look. She now regrets that. <laughs> she wishes, wishes she would have. But uh, I go in the house and I look at the clock and 11:33. So I upload it from the camera to my computer, and I watch it a couple times. I'm like, man, that is really interesting. I know it wasn't the ISS. I know it wasn't a Chinese lantern, because Chinese lantern, you can always, you see the fire at the bottom of it. You, you can see the uh, light gradient, the intensity of the light's different. It's all at the bottom, even though the whole lantern's lit up. Uh, if it was a drone, I'm an avid drone pilot myself. I'd like to see that person set up because one, I didn't hear it and I can hear mine at 400 feet. And two, the battery system or battery setup, the weight that would require to be that intense of a light, I would have heard that the props on that drone because it would have had to have some serious batteries and weight to be able to be that bright. Um, I'm not saying it's aliens. I'm saying I don't know what it was. That's all I'm saying. I eventually got hold of Columbus Approach out of Columbus, the air traffic control tower, and asked them if they had any radar returns on an aircraft that flew over our house at that time. Uh, the guy was asked, wondering why I'm asking that question. I didn't really want to say, hey, I saw a bright ball of light fly over my house. I was just saying an aircraft. Eventually I had to tell him it was a bright ball of light, and I'm sure he thought, oh great, I get all these weirdos on a Monday. I described what it was. He didn't really sound interested until I said I had it on video. He asked for a copy of the video. I sent him a copy of the video. And uh, he asked for, a, then I got an email asking for a detailed report on it. Sent that to him. Um, I'm sure I'm leaving things out here. I'm, tr I'm trying not to. Didn't hear back from him for a couple days. I emailed him again. And he asked for my mailing address, or home address. And that made me a little nervous because I like, 
I like my privacy. I really don't want people coming and knocking on my door. Um, so, but I gave it to him because I figured, screw it, you know, what the hell. So I gave it to him. He said he was going to send me a letter. He never has. I did file a freedom of information request for the radar returns out of Columbus between the hours of 10.45 p.m. and 11, 11.30 p.m. of that night. We'll see where it goes. Um, as far as how it made me feel, I felt really calm. And I don't know, it felt like I was meant to see it. I know it sounds stupid. I don't get it. It was just, I felt like I was meant to see that at that point in time for some reason. And why? I don't know. It was like a, a very, I don't want to say personal experience because damn, anyone look up at Scott Christina thing, but I don't know how to describe it. It just felt different. It felt good. And whatever it was, it was beautiful. Oh, I saw my second UFO on Thursday. Do you want to hear about that? <laughs> okay, back up. Second? Welcome to Nooks and Crannies. Maddie here. I'm joined by my speculative and inquisitive co-host, Evan. I, I think I wasn't present for the last two episodes, but I'm very happy to be back with you, Maddie. Uh <laughs> Talk to me about these UFOs you're seeing. How are you? Are you feeling okay? What's going on here? Well, yeah. Okay, so this is my second one. So I'll, I'll tell you the most recent one, and then we'll we'll do the original one, the OG uh, alien sighting. So I it was Thursday, uh, about four o'clock in the morning. I was like just uh, you know drinking my coffee, taking my medicine, getting ready for my paper route. Right? Just like oh god, I hate my life. It's prime alien hours. Yeah, well, that's what, you, you know, it's like with the witching hour, right? Between three and four. So I look off to like, say like a two o'clock position, like on a clock. And I see a band of like six to seven lights. It was an odd number um, in a vertical kind of um, orientation. And the streak was slightly curved, like, like if the butt end of the sea was pointing to the right i guess uh, just a little bit and there was a smoky trail going off uh the back of it and as i was looking at it it would turn say like 10 degrees to the left and then turn like 10 degrees to the right and kind of do a little bit of a um around its center kind of like swivel and very kind of slowly but too fast for like conventional aircraft and i at that point, at that point, I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> like, I'm just going to stare at this and take it all in, right? At that point, I'm like, oh, no. Because I was drinking my morning coffee at 4 in the morning. I'm like, oh, no. I had to take a shit. <laughs> and I had to run inside. Because honestly, man, if I didn't, like, clench, it was coming out. Like, I, I almost, <laughs> like, crap my pants <laughs> just from the coffee and, like, being almost 40. <laughs> oh, you don't have to describe the sensation. I know it well. well oh, I think we've all been there. So I come rushing back from the bathroom, like, please still be there. Because it was moving slow enough, then there wasn't enough, any houses kind of obstructing its its path. And I come out and look where it should be, maybe like three inches to the right. And it's just gone. Hmm. Huh. What do you think about that? Well, it's got me wondering, do you think lights on a UFO, are they A, used for navigation? B, used to identify, like, whatever things they need to see? 
Or C, is it just the byproduct? Because I, you'd think if alien crafts came over, they wouldn't need lights for, like, navigatory purposes. They'd probably have better stuff going on, no? So what's the, what's the lights? What are they doing with these lights on? Well, maybe it's D. They just want to be noticed. Oh, oh it's a peacocking type thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's what I would like to believe. Because, you know, I'm, like, quite quite the believer so yeah i saw that and it it was like the other thing that i was thinking like i live on vancouver island so there's a canadian forces base nearby and a u.s forces base like across the channel of water there uh but i mean i've seen their like really kind of like borderline classified helicopters going by and they're loud as shit this thing was dead silence and it was moving quickly like it was rather large i would say like if i was looking at it it was um inch and a half two inches sort of from top to bottom um but it seemed like closer but maybe also further away and it was spooky man and there was like a a contrail uh, uh, behind it as well so like i don't know if that's just like an atmospheric thing um i've seen meteors and, th- and things um you know up in the okanagan what have you uh it, it wasn't that and and they the band of lights was like seven and it was in a in a line and it looked like kind of a c well i mean it would be the year for that you know if uh if we we're about to find out some horrifying shocking details about the the cosmic scale of things uh <laughs> this would be the year we find that out so uh that's your most recent sighting but you said your second sighting so let's let's hear about the first one this is news to me <laughs> yeah i keep this a little bit quiet but um not as quiet as i keep the fact that i have esp you know that? <laughs> uh, all right so so the first one was like 10 years ago right i was off camping in a cabin in the woods believe it or not uh, in boston bar uh with some buddies and um you know like it was late at night it was probably like 2 30 um crystal clear sky uh for whatever reason me and my buddy uh johnny were just um lying on like the logging road that like kind of abates the the kind of cabins uh, there in boston bar and just looking at the stars as you do late night camping and um you know i i had been drinking but not excessively it was uh, a bunch of my muslim friends so like i don't go nuts when i camp with them um smoking weed but like i smoke it medicinally so that if anything it just makes me more clear-headed uh, believe me folks um and so i wasn't like hammered or anything and like the world spinning or anything like this and i'm just lying there with johnny we're like wow this starts crazy man this is awesome and uh you're seeing some shooting stars and stuff like this and from like the right corner of our eye um we see this dot that is moving pretty quickly um from one edge of the horizon all the way over it stops at the tree that is blocking our view no shit evan it goes up to the left down and then just continues off to the left like it was like that's what i'm thinking like they want to be seen and um we were just like chatting and then as soon as i noticed it i just went quiet and he went quiet and we without saying anything to each other eyes were locked on this thing and it went by and i looked at him like bro did you see that and he's like yeah man i'm like that wasn't no like shooting star right it was like a circle that was much like more diameter than a pinhole it'd be like almost like if you went halfway down on the tip of a pencil like about that big right (laughs) um and it uh yeah did that move around the tree and and i'm like i've never seen 
anything do that. It's not a satellite either. I've seen satellites and they just go in a single trajectory across your field of vision. They don't make a fucking upwards left hand and then a downwards turn and then another left and go around a tree just so they can be seen, right? And as we're chatting about this, we hear behind us, like that. Not a bear, bro, a fucking cougar. Like you do not typically hear cougars. And then it goes, and it comes like tumbling down this hill because there's like a bit of a, like a slope behind us, uh, forested, thank God. And it comes like barrel-assing down this hill. We're like, cougar, and we book it into the cabin, lock the door, like, throw the chair under the handle and everything. There's, like, four of our buddies out around the campfire. <laughs> We're like, oh, shit, guys, guys, come in, come in, come in. It's a cougar. <laughs> and uh, and so just like on Thursday when I almost shit myself, and uh, here we almost got eaten by a cougar. So it's weird. Like, when I view UFOs, it's like a moment before extreme danger. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine that the extent of what exists happens to exist within our sensory perceptive uh, uh, fields. So when you see stuff like that, who the hell knows, you know? I am uh, I am no uh, rational skeptic in terms of these types of, types of things. I just, I want to believe, and I believe. <laughs> well, I certainly got that belief reinforced on Thursday. Now, this is the kicker. This is the real kicker. Um, out of nowhere, this guy, Ryan Sprague, who's like a UFO guy. He's kind of like Rob from Our Strange Skies. Um, but he has like TV shows and YouTube channels, really popular and all this sort of stuff. Um, he sends me a direct message. And I'm like, Ryan Sprague, I know that name. And he's like, hey, I, I saw your comment on Rob's post, uh, which was like eight months ago right i commented like hey i've seen a ufo like you want me to come out and tell the story rob and he he just reached out that day at like 7 a.m and i saw the ufo at 4 a.m out of nowhere whoa so i'm going to clip this up and send it over to ryan for sure oh there's there's some bizarre serendipity going on there (laughs) i think so it's uh it's a little creepy but it's also like because of my esp i'm like well i know they're there so it's just kind of fun that I got to see another one. Like, I, I didn't think that would happen. I thought I would just get to see one. So, here's to many more. Somewhere in the Skies is produced by Third Kind Productions in association with the Entertainment One Podcast Network. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.